Welcome to Machine Learning. I'm going to do another podcast today because I'm going to get ready for um, the 3D printing podcast that's going to be coming in. And um, uh, I want to talk about a book called uh, FAB, F-A-B. It's, uh, fat, uh, it was based on MIT's uh, FAB Lab by uh, Greshenfeld. And Greshenfeld could be the most brilliant mechanical engineer mind of the century. And his idea was to build these low cost or fairly low cost relative to a manufacturing cost uh, uh, fabrication laboratories where you could build uh, you could build parts. And the idea was to in in uh, countries that it, were not industrial countries to have these kind of high-tech um, devices that would allow you to fabricate and build the parts. And then from these parts, you could build uh, machines from resources that were relatively cheap to acquire uh, in countries like India. And one where I saw they, they, um, they used a tractor to fabricate and build bricks and and they through the hydraulics they would take uh, different clay materials, press them together and build uh, uh, bricks. And so they were able to build uh, building structures. Uh, in other cases, with some limited resource, very limited resources, um, they were able to fabricate uh, fabricate a pregnancy test. And so they were able to detect uh, when when women are were pregnant. Uh, through these uh, pregnancy tests that they had fabricated. Uh, so the idea was that the, in countries, poorer countries, that they have individuals who are intelligent, just like there are individuals in, in rich countries that are intelligent. So uh, in, uh, the wealth does not measure the intelligence of the individuals in the population. And so based on the, uh, in, based on the on that premise, then there were people who may have be trying to solve problems in countries with limited resources that, uh, if given a high-tech device, would be able to fabricate and build the things that they need to um, that would then improve the quality of life. So the idea of fabricate, Fab Lab was very interesting in terms of a experiment to how to bring technology to help um, individuals who are trying to solve problems uh, come up with solutions. So FAB establishes a tangible base for creating the thinking machine. The word thinking does seem to be out of context from the current computational theoretical models. The degree of infinite complexity associated with conscious thought makes thinking replaceable by the phrase mechanical reasoning. Now, mechanical reasoning would be more acceptable. Um, like we do mechanical reasoning with mathematics. We can put in uh, trigonometry functions into Mathematica. It can reason through those equations and produce results. We can integrate. We can do differentials. We can do derivatives, uh, Taylor series. Uh, we can do 3D maps, matrices, multiplication, Egan factors, um, orthogonal transformations. 
so there's there's uh, lots of mechanical reasoning that can happen. We can even do some elements of real analysis where we do uh, try to prove the null hypothesis uh, to show looking at a p-value to determine whether or not the hypothesis is uh, uh, weak or strong. And if we can disprove the null hypothesis, then you can conclude that the assumption that you're making is true. There exists a huge chasm between inanimate reality and animate reality. Um, yeah, we d and definitely we don't think of uh, inanimate reality as something that uh, we talk to, we interact with, but it's things are changing. Uh, we look at uh, Siri and how much uh, interaction is occurring with that. We look now at uh, Alexa. We're talking to these inanimate objects and getting information. We have robots that vacuum our floor. We have robots that clean our, um, uh, scrub our floors in terms of uh, mop the floor. We, we, the robot can, can uh, apply down a solution and, and then clean the floor relatively well and in a, in a thorough manner. And so we, we get in our car, we talk to, uh, we have a, a driver-assisted systems, uh, drowsiness awareness, and uh, in a, if you can afford a Tesla, you have a uh, FSD, a semi-fully self-driving car, um, a level three. So it's able to detect lanes. It may be able uh, to do lane changes. I'm not sure in the FSD model beta if it can do uh, lane changes, but I imagine it can because it's at a, at a level three. And so um, we're 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 starting to see things now where we interact with it. When you when you touch a computer now, uh, I saw people looking at a laptop that uh, they were touching the screen. The world of the paradigm of the inanimate now is becoming animate. We're touching it. Uh, refrigerator, we might be asked, looking at filters, but we're, we're not talking to the refrigerator and asking for diagnostics, but it's not very far to add a uh, natural language processor and to have that uh, uh, filter information uh, run AI uh, low-powered device on the refrigerator to give responses, to give diagnostics, to give recommendations. Maybe it's going to tell you inventory information about what's in the fridge. Uh, it could maybe give you information about food that might be spoiling and need to be discarded. Uh, it might give you inventory of what's in the fridge and what's getting low in the fridge and needs to maybe at a certain duration needs to be replaced. A silicone pattern cannot be expected to create beautiful art, uh, design aesthetically pleasing architecture, or make one laugh. At the time, I believed that, but now as I look at computer art, it's learning from uh, the deep learning networks are learning from the masters, and uh, you're getting authentic art that's been created by a computer with mixed paint. And so they, the computer can... Uh, algorithm can paint in the style of the master and so you're having these master recreations that are computer generated and they're uh, running uh, algorithms that are creatively analyzing inputs and they're creating abstractions from that and generating computer art.
So, uh, and and they can be considered beautiful, and people will probably pay uh, top dollar for those computer designs uh, in terms of art. And so they can be aesthetically pleasing. Uh, there's some art where uh, Adobe's using where it uses a GAN, um, a GNN network, and it is learned from a number of different objects, images, what things look like, what like trees look like, what rocks look like, what waterfalls look like, and so that you can paint what it uh, you think is like a stream or a, a walkway. And it will fill in uh, the detail, and it will think, well, okay, that's in the form of a rock. And it, it pulls what it thinks uh, would be a rock formation, puts it at there, uh, grass, a uh, landscape, a waterfall, a horizon for a sunset. And so these things are uh, things that the computer is starting to now become more interactive. So we, this inanimate interaction with the, with the uh, human interaction is starting to increase, and we're starting to see more areas where AI and machine learning are directly affecting our life. Logic process sequence of assembly and the ability creates 3D objects from 2D shapes or digitally assembled material into a 3D printer suggests a possible emerging of a smart machine. Machines capable of expanding their logic and functionality. So that what that means is uh, uh, machines that are building machines, uh, machines that are designing uh, digital circuitry and that well that was kind of interesting to see uh, that they could uh, take a machine fabrication for digital chips and they could teach uh, AI how to to design a uh, digital chip and it could do relatively well uh, not as well as a professional but it could it could do uh, it could do fairly well. And so the idea then is what if it becomes better than a human being at design and, and fabrication of the computer chips and for the whatever purpose of logic that it needs to serve for maybe controlling uh, different controllers that have different outputs that are uh, affecting uh, di different uh, uh, types of actions. And so you could have machines that are, are starting to expand logic. In my books, uh, uh, Henry Robotic Wars, Henry Parker's Robotic Wars, uh, that one of the uh, villains, nemesis, uh, protege, robot, uh, switches sides, and but it builds, uh, it still has some of the old programming and it has this desire to journey to the stars. And the robot QC builds a machine world the size of Mars. Um, in that in that storyline, uh, the the machines can fabricate other machines. They can build robots. They can expand their logic functionality, and uh, they can repair machines that are damaged. So this idea that machines building other machines is definitely uh, something in magnitude could be as large as a world. Uh, and it could be as small as the device that you're holding in your hand. Anyway, those were some of the ideas I was exploring in that book. Uh, FAB encapsulates a laser dev device, a subtractive manufacturing etching knife, creating a circuit board, microcontroller, a drill for milling, additive uh, device, which is assembly 3D uh, objects bit by bit. And that's the kind of thing that what we're going to be talking about this week is a polymer 3D printer that will 
create either a part or an object bit by bit. Uh, Boolean logic, AD, resistors, capacitors, programmable language connecting external patterns stored as bits into physical mechanical devices capable of movement, logic deduction, memory storage and recall, and shape. Turing, von Neumann, and, and Babbage established the computer theory of the modern computer. Circuits replaced the gears. Turing attempted um, to mechanically produce answers. And so, and his Turing machine uh, was a set of gears, but it did produce, um, uh, by turning them, it did produce answers. The mechanical engineering of logic became an integrated circuit of ones and zeros, diodes to change alternating currents to direct currents, resistors to reduce down the volume of electric flow. However, the side effect of building a thinking machine was to create a lab where logic and form could be built cheaply. And so isn't that interesting that, uh, that Gershenfeld's objective was to build the thinking machine or the mechanical reasoning device, and as a result, in order to do that, he needed to create a distributable, decentralized, scalable laboratory where logic and form could be built cheaply. And now we're seeing that uh, 3D, with 3D printers, we're seeing this huge proliferation of uh, hobbyists and also companies that are building uh, products at a cheaper price than conventional and so one uh, conventional manufacturing. So one uh, our YouTube I saw was a company that had in in series many uh, 3D printers, and they were running them uh, in parallel. And the cost and the output quality and the output were greater than the, the traditional way of producing those the similar parts because you didn't have to switch out the dies. You didn't have to change the presses. It could be built bit by bit. And uh, since it was running in parallel, it could uh, keep up with the, the speed to of the production results. Average people with innovative drive use the Fab Lab to build machines and devices with functionality for fertilizing crops, getting feedback from uh, pet birds, generating solar energy, building vehicles, measuring milk fat content, and satellite cable networking. Gershenfeld unleashed a tremendous innovative power equal to their printing press. Fab Lab, the idea of Fab Lab, uh, and also this implementation uh, and provability of it could may become the most important invention of the next generation. If it's not called Fab Lab uh, and it's called some other device, you know, maybe it has a LiDAR laser, it's using different, it's creating the same functionality that the original Fab Lab did, but maybe it's uh, uh, a thousand times cheaper in order to make it more usable to more hobbyists or more individuals in more countries um, to solve problems, then it could be the most important invention of the next generation. Just like when Einstein published how photons work, light began to change the world. Fiber optics resulted, lasers resulted, communication uh, increased, digital communication over optics uh, was billions of times faster. Uh, weapons of mass and unfortunately weapons of mass destruction also resulted the atomic bomb 
So, you know, they, there were good and bad that resulted from that breakthrough. Gershenfeld's vision uh, will build a world of machines, machines and energy. Consumption will perform services, and man will call this achievement virtuous. Of course they'll call it virtuous. Something that improves your quality of life and uh, reduces the amount of time and energy to produce calories is going to be virtuous because, um, you know, it, it translates into work. And um, machines and computers do work. And so the more work that they can do without having to guide them, and le- uh, the better um, and more productive will be the world. Gershenfeld's book demonstrates stories of hope and innovation as grassroots of society using the Fab Labs to solve problems cheaply. However, Gershenfeld's goal was not to solve the world problems. He is working on creating a thinking machine, or probably more correctly stated, a mechanical reasoning device with logic for vision, 3D manipulation, movement, decision-making, and adaption. Such a machine would need the ability to build components and use these components to build simple logic and structure similar to the way cell autonoma adapts, builds structures from components, creates higher utility systems. For example, an organ per, uh, provides more usefulness than a cluster of cells. FabLag benefits from the higher utility aspect of Gershenfeld's uh, vision. Instantaneous ideas to produce for consume, uh, consumer prototypes. You can put it on the internet. The, inter- the ideas can be downloaded and fabricated on distributed uh, Fab Lab devices. 2D assemblies providing 3D functionality. So you can take 2D um, uh, sections and you can assemble them and, make, and create 3D functionality. Things like robots are example of 3D functionality from 2D objects. A combination of circuit logic to control motors, circuit logic to measure, circuit logic to display human readable symbols, additive and subtractive processes for transfer, transforming natural resources into desired forms. And so those are things that are going to be really powerful. Uh, the, the Internet of Things is, is just starting and, and at the edge of those Internet of Things, uh, Fab Labs can be de- fabricating uh, designs uh, that are shared on the internet, products can be built. They can then uh, these IoT devices can be collecting information, returning them back to uh, centralized servers. Machine learning and AI can then be processing that and making decisions based on that information. So you could create basically essence of a mechanical reasoning there. The fab. Uh, concept allows machines to repair themselves, add new functionality to their form, adapt to different logic and forms through experience. The MIT magnet example was a huge breakthrough. It demonstrated that machines could build a pattern named the word MIT using magnetic bars. Uh, and they've done this now to uh, with the uh, robots and magnets uh, on cubes, and those cubes at a larger size can form and connect and make uh, different uh, shapes, geometric shapes. Um, And so they can reassemble and and assemble to create these recognizable patterns. It is possible that another machine could recognize the pattern visually using circuit logic, mathematic uh, algorithms, uh, controlling the threshold logic, and synthesize the word MIT just like a human being is capable of doing that.
the smaller the components fabricated, the more sophisticated the assembly, and the more complex the logic capacity, and the more complex the logic capacity, the more acceptance of machine performing heuristic pattern recognition like a human, the Turing test. So that then takes, you to, uh, takes us to the idea of, okay, so now we can fabricate things at the macro level. What about at the micro level? How about these uh, uh, engines of change at the DNA level? When we look at DNA and the ribosomes, the ribosomes function like small machines. So you have DNA and, and the fab lab. Fab is learning from the DNA assembly process. DNA is like wadding up a ball of string. The string is so long that it must be wrapped in 23 different structures called chromosomes. For example, in E. coli, DNA tells the cell to make 1,000 or so enzymes needed for the cell to survive. A gene is a section of DNA, a template used to form an enzyme. The enzymes form 20 different amino acids strung together in a specific order. DNA uh, element components are adena A, cytosine C, guanine G, thymine T, A matches to T, and C to G. The codons are groupings of three sugars attached with the amino acid. RNA polymerase enzymes attached to the DNA strands walk down the, the DNA creating a messenger RNA, mRNA strand. The strain, strand floats around until it finds a ribosome. The ribosome attaches to the mRNA and walks down the mRNA forming amino acid chains. Here how. Two codons at a time can be attached to the mRNA matching according to the sugar match laws. When the third codon arrives, the last codon is pushed off the mRNA and the amino acid detaches and is inserted into the amino acid chain. Once the ribosome has finished walking down the mRNA, the amino acid chain folds into an enzyme characteristic shape. The enzyme then is used for protein assembly and cell survival. Mechanical assembly versus biological assembly are universes apart. However, the principles of biological assembly will probably be something that machines will use to create and replicate additive functionality based on the circumstances and environments they're in. So brilliant minds will recognize and, and learn from the organic process of how uh, things are assembled, and they will try to get me uh, mechanical processes to emulate these organic uh, assembly processes in the future, in my opinion.